I want to talk about baby names for a minute. Yeah? Baby names. We have a baby in the Beacon family due any moment, any day. And I'm sure, I know you have a name sorted, but you're not telling anyone. Good for you, rightly so. I'm pretty sure it's Stephanie, named after their favourite pastor. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or Stevie. Joshua, Joshua Stephen, named after me, obviously. Uh, but uh, not named after your dad at all, no. I know the truth behind that name. But meanings behind names. There are a reason why we, there's a reason why we're given names, aren't there? And names have meanings. Do anybody know, have a little story about their name? Who, who knows why they were... Sarah, why are you called Sarah? After a Bob Dylan song. Brilliant. Uh, I don't know any Bob Dylan songs. Um, I presume there's one called Sarah. Is, there, is, it, is it in the song or in the title? Sarah Jane, and you are Sarah Jane. There we go. Linda, why are you called Linda? Is it a short story? Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> in case you missed that, Dad wanted to call her, call her Angel, but she screamed so much she clearly wasn't. So called her Linda because it means beautiful, but don't ask about the German meaning. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Sometimes people have more than one name, don't they? I did struggle a little bit when Prince Charles became King Charles and he had to make a public announcement that we are to call him Charles. Wasn't it? There was a bit, is he going to be Charles? Is he going to be another name? Is he going to be Arthur? Is he going to be George? I wanted King Arthur. I was well up for that. It's about time we had another one, wasn't it? But he had to make an, a, make an official announcement that he will officially be called Charles. But sometimes people have more than one name. The children were just singing this song just now about Emmanuel, which, as Bob pointed out earlier, means God with us. It's one of Jesus' names. But that's the thing. His name's Jesus. What do you mean he's called Emmanuel? Isn't it a bit confusing sometimes? Well, in the Bible, Jesus has over about 200 names and titles. About 200. Depending on how you count what's a title and what's a name, it's either just below or just above 200. That even before he's arrived... We keep being told in the Bible, before he arrives in human form, we're told time and time again, as we heard in those readings, he will be called this, he shall be called that. And the prophet Isaiah, the reading that Adrian wrote, um, read out earlier, was written 700 years before Jesus of Nazareth appeared in baby form. And he was saying, he will be called this name and that name, and he's coming, and this is going to be what he's called. So let's look at those baby names and those readings earlier. The one that Adrian read out, uh, the book of Isaiah, like I say, this was written 700 years before Jesus turned up, explaining very specific details about who he is and what he'll do. And he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There's four names in that reading alone. And then Jenny read from Luke chapter 1, where the angel says, you will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. There's another name, the Son of the Most High. And, uh, it says two more. He'll be called Jesus and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. That's six already. And then in the reading that um, Leanne read out from Luke chapter 2, uh, it said, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Christ Christ the Lord. There's seven names just there in those three readings we've had. 
So time and time again, this same baby is given multiple names, and they all have great meaning. So it would be good, just for literally just for a few minutes. Let's look briefly at each of these names, and they tell us so much more about this promised child that we get to celebrate every Christmas. So, um, Paul, can I just have the slide up? I'll put the names up for you. Take a photo if you want. Baby names. You know you look in baby books, and they give you the meaning of the names. These are the meanings of these names that we're going to look at. First of all, what's the first one on the list? Wonderful counsellor. Now, in that ancient counsellor, we need to understand what the word counsellor means. In that ancient culture, um, counsellor does not mean therapist. Counsellor means a wise king. That's what they're referring to, is a wise king. A counsellor would be a wise king who leads and guides his people the best way possible. They were called counsellors. Jesus is described, not just he's your great counsellor with a capital C, which he is, he's described as our wonderful Counselor, And the word used there that we translate as wonderful actually really means incomprehensible. He's so wonderful, so incredibly blows your brains. He's your incomprehensibly amazing counsellor, good king. That Jesus, this child who is coming, who will grow up to, be your, to prove to be your king, he will be so good and so wise and so perfect and so awesome that he can only inspire wonder in you when you see him for who he truly is. He's your wonderful counselor, your incomprehensibly amazing wise king. This is who this baby is. But then we've got the next one. We've got mighty God. He's God. He's not just a man. He's fully God as well as fully man. He's, he's the God of strength. He's your mighty God. He's the God of strength. That word mighty is talking about him being a warrior God, which means he's one who fights the battles that we can't fight. He defeats and triumphs over all enemies. He upholds everything by his power. He's that mighty. The Bible tells us that this tiny baby, even when he was in the manger, the Bible says that this tiny baby was simultaneously keeping the universe spinning. That blows my mind. This is who he is. He is God, but he's not just God, as if that wasn't enough. He's mighty God, who upholds the universe at all times and fights our battles for us. He's mighty God. What's the next one? Everlasting Father. Now, this one gets a bit confusing. Isn't he the son? You're telling me he's father now? This is not confusing the son with Father God, Father in heaven. The, the God is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not confusing one with the other. This is not the Son being called Dad. Okay? What this means, everlasting Father, means literally he's the Father of eternity. He's the Father of eternity. He's the architect of the ages, if you like. He's the creator of time. That's what it's referring to. All things were made through Jesus, including time. It's one of our dimensions. It's how we exist. It's what we experience, how we experience one moment after another. He created that. And so in the very next verse where it says he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and of peace there will be no end. He rules over time. And so this just gives us utter security and peace that when, whenever we sense how fleeting time is, and we feel that, don't we? Yeah? Lockdown, there's two years we kind of lost, and you blink and go, I don't know where those two years went. It wasn't pleasant going through it, and it felt like it was going on forever. But now you look back and go, was that nearly three years ago that started kicking off? You just suddenly blink and you go, where's the time gone? 
And the older you get, the years get shorter, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they go quicker. So whenever we sense how fleeting time is or how, when we actually realize how little time we do spend here on earth, we can know that Jesus is explicitly aware of every single second of even the tiniest of moments that we experience as well as the big ones. The good and the bad, the highs and the lows, the big things and the little things, nothing gets missed and he cares. He's in it and over it. And we can know therefore that when he becomes the Lord of our lives, as the Bible promises. When, when we submit ourselves to him as our great king, we are given the gift of spending eternity with him. Life with good God without end. Never-ending intimate presence with the father of all time. This is who he is. This is who this baby is that we're celebrating. And the next one, Prince of Peace. That word peace there is not just, just talking about calmness and serenity. This is the Hebrew word shalom, which means utter fullness and wholeness in every way possible. It means that through Jesus we can be no longer enemies of God, separated by our sin, our selfishness, our self-absorption. We get separated from perfect God by what's going on inside us. But instead, through Jesus, he reconciles us bringing ultimate peace between us and God. Shalom, wholeness, fullness, completion. And so knowing true peace with God means we can know true peace within, whatever you face, because you're at peace with God. It means we can know peace between us, because we as his people know peace with God. It also means we as his people have the ability to be people of peace in a world that so desperately needs it, doesn't it? It's the Prince of Peace who makes it possible. The Prince of Peace is our peace bringer. Do you know him as your peace bringer? And we've got three more. Jesus. His name will be called Jesus, is what the angel says. Jesus, that name has meaning. It's in other languages, it's, it's Yeshua, it's Isa. Some people have those um, names um, still today. Lots of footballers are called Jesus, aren't they? It's, it's a name that still goes around, but it means the Lord saves. That's what it means literally. But underneath the bonnet, if you like, of the, of the language, the construction of that word in the original language, it's, it means, it's deeper meaning means Jesus leads us into wide open spaces. That's what Jesus means. He's our freedom bringer. He leads us into wide open spaces. We spend so much of our time, um, our lives, looking for release and not being hemmed in and we're wanting to find freedom, right? We, we, we find things prevent us and we don't get to do what we want to do and don't get to live the lives we want. There, there's always something in the way. We, we feel restriction, don't we? And we, we want freedom, don't we, from different things, whatever that might be. Here's where we find it. But that doesn't mean freedom as in no restrictions and no boundaries because ultimately that will lead us to becoming slaves to our desires. If you're totally unrestrained, you become, you become a slave to your own desires because your heart will eat you up. No matter what Facebook tells you, your heart does not know best. <laughs> I keep seeing things popping up, follow your heart. No! <laughs> That's the last thing you should be doing. But he does know best. He does know best. And it's in Jesus we discover true freedom and what it means to live to be fully human. We find our true freedom as human beings and what it means to be human in him. 
That's Jesus. And two more, son of the most high. As I said earlier, God is an eternal family. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. None of them came first. They've all always been. And we are not talking about three separate gods. We're talking about God in three persons. Now, if you try and get your head around that, you never will. Because he's God. That's kind of the point. It melts your brain. As they say, you try, you try and, try and uh, understand the Trinity, you'll, blow, you'll melt your brain. But if you deny it, you lose eternity with him. Because this is who he is. This is how you know him. And, it says, and the Bible points out that Jesus is the Son, Son of the Most High, which means he bears his Father's likeness in every way possible. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 9, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So if you want to know God himself, I think there's a God, I want to know what he's like, look to Jesus. If you want to know and relate with God, look to Jesus, because anyone who has seen Jesus has seen the Father. He is the Son of the Most High. And the last one, Christ the Lord. Christ, the word Christ, Messiah, anointed one, it literally means rescuer. He's our rescuer. And we all need rescuing from the strains and the traps of the world around us, don't we? But we also... Need rescuing from the strains and the traps of our own hearts. And we heard the angels say in those readings that this Christ, this promised rescuer, is God Himself. He is Christ the Lord. This is God who we can know, who we can love, and who we celebrate at Christmas. And so I'm going to finish now, but as we sing our final songs, then we've got two songs lined up for just in a minute. As we sing in these songs, let them be more than just songs. Let's gaze upon this child we're celebrating at Christmas. And let me just ask you this. Looking at these names, wonderful counsellor, does Jesus inspire wonder in you? Do you see him for who he truly is, our incomprehensibly wise king? As mighty God, do you recognise his might and his power? As the everlasting father, the father of eternity, do you trust in his care in all moments? As the peace... Uh, Prince of Peace, is he your peace bringer? Jesus, who leads us into wide open spaces, is he where you find true freedom? The Son of the Most High, do you look to him to know God himself? And Christ the Lord, is he your rescuer? And is he your Lord? If you want to know any more, feel free to grab me afterwards and or, or talk to the person who, whoever brought you as well, but we'd love to explain more. There are many people in this room with many great stories of what it means to step into life with this man, this God, this Jesus. Let's sing, let's celebrate. I'm just going to pray, but may, but may these songs be more than just songs. May they be prayers of celebration for the one we know and love. Lord, we thank you that you came. We thank you that you came to rescue us. We thank you that you came to bring us home. We have messed our lives up. We have messed each other up. We have messed this planet up. But you, who didn't have to, out of your great love for us, decided it was good to come down to live the perfect life we cannot live in order to bring us home. You did that by dying in our place, by rising again to bring new life to us. You've done all the hard work, and you did it because you love us. Help us to celebrate you and to know you more, we pray. In Jesus' name.
Amen.